0: Hello guys and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Today's guest is Wild Will Tomlinson. He's a former IBO super featherweight boxing champion of the world. We sit down and talk about his career and his favorite moments and his journey throughout boxing and involvement within the sport as a competitor and also outside of the ring um, as a promoter now and how that venture is going along with him now and retirement as well. Um, Will's a great guy, I really enjoyed this as a fight slash boxing fan, I hope a lot of you guys will get something out of this as well. Um, just a little bit of a side note, please bear with the audio, it was my first one over Zoom, um, did the best I could editing it, making it as clear as possible for you guys to enjoy, um, but I think there's a lot of great content here, um, like, give me a review, hit me with a personal message with some feedback about the project or the podcast itself, um, I accept all kind of feedback, and a big moment to thank Michael Peters as well for continuing to give good content and helping me out along the way. Make a grad teammate. Um, hope everyone in- enjoys this episode. Happy Easter Sunday! Um, eat some chocolates. Uh, look after each other. Stay safe, happy, and healthy, guys. Love you all. You. g'day, gidah, g'day, gidah. g'day, listeners, Snake Edwards on the recorder here. This one's a belter. Uh, Willie Tomlinson, thanks for jumping on the show, mate. We finally got there. Yeah, finally got there. It took a while. <laughs> uh, Sorry, mate. I mean, it's 2020 and we can't even get a vaccine. Um, or... I'm, still <laughs> back in. I'm still stuck in the 90s. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm only 25, but I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I was relying on you man You're meant to be the tech savvy online,
0: <laughs> That's why I choose to do them in person But we got there in the end
1: Yeah that, That's one thing I'm kind of freaking out about This whole coronavirus shit If uh, we get stuck in this digital world Where you know yeah. everything has to be like this Via yeah. Skype and emails And you know, apps I'd, I'd do my head in and in seminars.
0: <laughs> how are you going with it all anyways mate just to yeah it. it's uh, i have me days you know like I've, I've got a um got a
1: bit on the line at the moment with obviously my shows have been mm. po- like mm. postponed and um i had a gym that was meant to be opening in geelong and um it would have been open by now if you know shit didn't mm. hit the fan mm. um which has obviously put a few things on you know the back burner but I'll be right, I just gotta you know wait it out and i've you know, been you know, I'm, I'm not too highly exposed like I've got you know yeah everything under control, so it's just it's just annoying that I've got to wait yeah. I like to, I'm someone that always likes to be doing something and like trying to move forward and yeah you know, because it's all been you know, out of you know, put on ice and it's out of my control that kind of doesn't really sit well, but it's what it yeah. is man i'm not the only I'm not the only one that's dealing with it yeah. so
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those, you know, sad things that we've all got nothing. We can't control it, essentially. Yeah. Everyone's in the same boat. Um, but, you know, yeah, again, thanks for giving up the time. We had a bit of struggles at the start, but, um, want to really talk about your journey, really, mate. Um, I'm a big boxing combat sports fan. Um, you're a beast. That's why I called you Wild Will Tomlinson. Um, how did you first get back? How had you first get into boxing? I mean, you grew up in Bansdale. Um, yeah, how did you first get into it essentially?
1: I just started as a kid, I was about 12 years old. Just went into the local gym with a mate. Um, yeah, no real intentions of yeah, thinking I was gonna become a fighter, just just went and checked it out and um, started you know, hitting the bags and hitting the pads and doing a bit of sparring. And I guess just got better and better and better all the way to. Fighting and, you know, won my first fight, which was great. Thought I was king of the world. Um, Then got beat my second fight, my third fight, my fourth fight. Um I, yeah, Got a bit of a, a reality check that, you know, I had to you know, learn to box a bit better because I, I, won, I won my first fight by knockout. Yeah. And so I thought I was, yeah, I could knock everyone out. And um, so just didn't worry so much about boxing, just tried decapitating everyone that I <laughs> with. And, um that didn't really work um so I had to learn to box a bit more and um yeah, develop those skills and then just you yeah, know kept winning from there and um yeah had about you yeah, know my amateur amateur career went from you yeah, twelve through to um twenty twenty one Yep. um where yeah won state titles national titles you yeah, know fought for australia at um you yeah, know some big international tournaments like world championships come off championships oceanas um all the way up to 2008 when I, um, yeah, finished in the amateurs and turned pro.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Who was your biggest influence at the start there to get you, I mean, especially when you were getting beaten around a bit to get you to keep going.
1: It's myself. I think I, um, yeah. I, was, I was pretty self-driven. Um, you know, no, nobody got me into us. Went to the yeah. gym on my, on my own accord and, um, wanted to fight on my own accord. And then, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then went from there. And um, you said you went with an mate Was he um, kind of along with the ride for the whole time? And
1: no, no not really. Not really.
0: <laughs> you just stuck it out. He,
1: he wasn't as coordinated as you have to be to be. The opposite, <laughs> but, um, you know, he he went, went on a different path.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, we're still
1: mates. We're still we're still he's still one of my best mates.
0: Yeah. 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 Um and then those early times moving up to the australian ranks um how was that how was that from experience for you mate especially in Australian boxing in that time yeah it was
1: um yeah the the amateur ranks you're talking about
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: it was it was great Got good to do a lot of um a lot of, a lot of uh, you know travelling around australia at all the yeah. uh, different you know, national tournaments like you know state top State titles, you've yeah. travelled around a bit in Victoria, obviously, but you know, the uh, Aussie titles, you'd always you know, be travelling to a different state and, yeah. and meeting up with you know, the same guys from the last tournaments. And yeah. So, yeah, I got to you know, meet a lot of people and make a lot of friends through through boxing, which is awesome. Um, I met a lot of good people. Um, a lot of people that I'm still very good friends with today, like, you know, like Brad Pitt, um, yeah. Jack Jackson. Uh, Mark Kwan, um, Heath Alice. Yeah. So Heath Alice is yeah, he's somebody that I fought. I fought Heath um, when he was 15 and I was 17. Um, so that's a long time ago. But we're, we're still very, very good friends now. Like we still catch up regularly and um, hit hit the pads in the lounge yeah. room over there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So yeah, boxing. It was great yeah I think people yeah, in that aspect
0: yeah yeah I think people forget um with boxing combat sports, anything is that you know maybe big competitors, but at the end of the day you' you're still you're good mates and you're both going in there for the same common goal yeah no no
1: doubt you um developed some some rivalries that you know can include a bit of you know, animosity and hatred yeah. in it as well but um, a lot of the time, especially once the fights are done with you, is um, kiss and make up. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Now, your first professional fight, what do you remember of that?
1: Um, I- my first pro fight was back in 2008 or yeah. nine, 2008, I think. Mm. Um, Jerry is in Black, Blacktown RSL. I, I, I don't remember like the fight in detail, but I just remember like um, I'm winning, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I you know, won by second round TKO, maybe. Yeah. Um, second or third round TKO. Um, I do remember it not going entirely the way I planned. Um, I was yeah. probably trying to force the action a bit too much and then you know, trying to get that knockout, but still got the win. So, um, mission accomplished.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Were you quite nervous getting into that, being the first pro fight?
1: Um, I would have been like not yeah. super nervous, but I, I would have been. Um, yeah, I think you know, From my first fight all the way through into my last fight, you yeah. always have there's yeah. an aspect of nerves. Um, before every fight, yeah. If not like it is, the nerves keep keep getting worse and worse and worse because it is generally more 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 on the line.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned moving to Blacktown, Sydney. Um, because you were based up there for most of your professional career, is that correct?
1: about uh, uh, three, three, yeah, three years. Yeah, three yeah. years. So we Moved there in two thousand eight. Yeah, and um, and um, I kind of started living back in Melbourne in two thousand and eleven, or yeah. well, ten or eleven, and I was just kind of um. Going back up to Sydney for training camp.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what kind of yeah. caused you to make that change? Was that just the hub then, like, or was it just a career? It was um, what caused you to make that change to go up and be based in Sydney for a few years, especially coming from Victoria?
1: Uh, because at the time I was living in Bensdale, yeah. um, down in the country. Yeah, C- couldn't really have a you know, pro career finding out of yeah. Bensdale. Not enough sparring and um, yeah, good training down there. Um, at the time, Sydney was where it was at in terms of pro boxing.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I'd recently been up to Sydney for a training camp with Lincoln Hudson yeah. and, and stayed with my to-be-manager, Fidel. And yeah. Um, yeah, so, and I got close with them. And so when the time came to turn pro, they were the, um, the best option for me. And, yeah. Um, they moved me up to Sydney and got me a house and, you know, you know looked after me. Yeah. Probably, like, you know, the way I got looked after was not normal in the sport. Um, you know, Fidel really took me under his wing and uh, yeah. gave me gave me it all. So I was very lucky in that regards.
0: Yeah. yeah. Was it pretty hard at the start moving so far away from Bairnsdale?
1: No, not really. I... Yeah. Um, I, you know, when I finished high school, I lived in, I moved up to Darwin and lived in oh, okay. Darwin for a year and a half. And then I um, lived in Cairns for about a year. <laughs> yeah. so I, I I moved moved around a bit. Um, and it, was, it wasn't hard moving away because I was very focused on my goal of being a pro boxer and trying to become the champ so I knew what was required to do that and yeah that meant you know, being being in isolation so he's saying <laughs> it's, it's it's exactly like a training camp but with yeah. just the, the, the training the dieting Um, yeah I used to do this type of shit all the time yeah um, <laughs> Uh. so yeah no it was all good it was, yeah it was it wasn't tough. Yeah, as I said before, Fidel, yeah, really looked after me, I had a good setup up there, so
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't all doom boom. Yeah, yeah. And um so throughout those, I guess, formative formative years and I don't know, going through the ranks, um, was there anything or kind of moment or fight that stuck out to you that thought, well I can kind of really go a long way and win a world championship? I was like shit, I can really do this? <laughs> um
1: yeah, there was like markers and performances that I had along the way, in fights, in training, like that yeah. gave me that confidence that maybe me a better and better fighter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, what makes a a good fighter, a dangerous fighter, is a fighter that has a lot of self belief. Yeah. And um, when you're you know, you're putting in like you know. You know, really strong performances in fights and in the gym that's obviously what's going to strengthen your self-belief and improve you as a fighter yeah um i was lucky that you know i was and like and for for, for that self-belief to really develop you really have to be exposed to tests not mm. only in fights but in the gym that that you believe that they are actually genuine tests. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of problems with fighters developments at the moment. Um, and not just at the moment, but like in the history of boxing is um, managers and trainers won't let their fighters fight tough fights. Yeah. So they just feed them all these tomato cans the whole career but that does nothing for their fighters mental development. Um, they don't, they haven't yeah. been, they genuinely know that they haven't really been tested against like tough fighters and that tough opposition. Um, so their self um, belief doesn't really develop according. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, so um, 100%. Yeah. Do you think if ages. You genuinely
1: of- believe that, if you genuinely believe that you're being tested as a fighter and exposed to world class fighters and you know that that opponent you've just beaten, is like a really good fighter, and that's yeah. been improving. But if you know that they were just flown out to, you know, take a loss and just get that paycheck yeah. and go home, you genuine, you know that as a fighter deep down, and you're not going to develop that, um, that develop that uh, improvement from yeah. that
0: fight. Do you think that's kind of contributed to the somewhat uh, negative reputation that I guess majors and trainers and I guess promoters have in boxing? With holding back uh, fighters,
1: yeah, it's um, it, it is a it is a tricky balancing act because
0: because it is a business at the a, end of the day.
1: As a promoter, a trainer, a manager, you know, your your know, your ambition is to keep your fighter winning and, yeah. and winning, keeping winning as long as it can. But you're obviously going to make sure that they're also improving at the same time and becoming better fighters along yeah. the way. And to do that, you have to incrementally step, step them up at the right level um, against the right opposition so they do get that improvement, yeah. that gradual improvement, which, you know, what my management, um, that's what they did really well. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was fed some, yeah you know, some tomato cans at the start, but, like, each fight they, they got better and better and better. And, um, you know, like, I think, <laughs> um, you know, Yeah, all of my fights, they were just incrementally that a little bit better um, until I became a very good fighter. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's very important, somewhat, have that balance between, or obviously having people look after the fighter's best interest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and tricky, tricky balancing out. Yeah. Looking after their best interest is is making sure that you are stepping them up against good. Opponents, because eventually, when you get them to a point where they can fight for, you know, illegitimate fights, if they haven't been exposed to those tough testing times in fights earlier in their career, yeah. and they the first time they find that is in, you know, the third round, the third round of a 12-round world title fight, then yeah. good luck to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and you mentioned, you know, within the gym as well. Was there anything different, I guess, about your training philosophy or nutrition or anything overall that kind of set you apart, or that you found worked for you?
1: I was just, I was just a very hard, like a very hard worker, and I was very disciplined as well. Um, did the work in the gym, trained really hard. Um, wasn't wasn't a lazy trainer at all. It was always pushing to do more and more and more. Um, and I was also very strict with the way I lived outside of that as well, out, out, how I lived outside of the gym. So I did all my, all my uh, exercise that was meant to be done outside of the gym. So all my running and um, all my running basically yeah. in training, condition training. Yeah, I used to you know, live a very clean lifestyle. No drinking alcohol, no drugs, no smoking. Um, I was always like super conscious about how I ate as well because I had to make weight. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Ticked all the boxes.
0: Yeah. So, you, yeah. Essentially, you know, we see some fighters or even athletes just, you know, they can, when they're competing seasonally, they just blow off and then like, oh, no, I'll turn it back. But you really got to have that full lifestyle as well, especially in boxing yeah. you've got to cut weight.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I used to blow out a bit in between fights, but that's, I probably blew out so much because I was fighting so low.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so it was just, you know, it's not like I was having my fights and going eating like a, you know, an insane person. I was just going, I was having my fights, making that like really lightweight and then eating normal again. And I'd still end up like you know, eight kilos of my weight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you have any difficulties cutting weight? Because I think boxing, well, in regard, compared to weight cutting, compared to say other combat sports, mixed martial arts, they've pretty much got it a, a lot better because there's not such big a gaps. Yeah, boxing have got it a lot better. I find. Well, um, yeah, compared, um, like mixed martial arts, where they have massive, <coughs> weight, massive weight differences. I think it's like twenty pound difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like. It, um, it, it's. It's um yeah no, but making weight for me was super super hard. Yeah, um, yeah like I uh, I uh, that was the hardest part about what I did was
0: yeah. making the weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, yeah. Even, I couldn't even imagine because when what would you walk around at? Because you fought at fifty seven, fifty eight, didn't you? F-
1: f- fifty nine. Fifty nine. Fifty eight. Yeah, fifty eight point yeah. nine kilos. So f- fifty nine kilos. I used to walk around about sixty six.
0: Yeah, yeah. And would you be near that on fight on the fight day? Like, rehydrating? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, cause I kind of see... I couldn't even begin to imagine if, like, say, in mixed martial arts, they 15 or 20 pounds different in the weight divisions. And imagine being in between that, where you're sitting at 10 yeah. pounds over regularly. Well, you're
1: just going to make up your mind whether or not you want to do do the work to... Make that lighter weight and be a big little man, or yeah. or cruise into your wains and be a smaller bigger man.
0: Yeah, yeah. What was the worst yeah. part? I guess you talk about you pretty much love the process and you're pretty driven. What was the worst part of training camps? Because <laughs> they can be pretty darn brutal.
1: The dieting. The, the, the dieting. <laughs> make a
0: yeah. yeah. Just
1: the process. The process you have to follow to, to make weight is the uh, the least enjoyable. Yeah,
0: yeah, i be growing, i be growing. Um, yeah, the world, the IBO title fight that was a war against Herrera. Um, when you look back at that, is that probably your finest moment in your career?
1: It was definitely a highlight. Yeah, um, yeah winning. It was definitely like probably. Yeah, like it was—it was obviously an awesome fight and a good way to win a world title. Um, And yeah, a huge accomplishment. Um, But then yeah, the like the highlight of my career, I think, was probably that whole two or three year process where I had the world title and I was fighting at that that top level.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then you made your you did you make your US debut after that?
1: Yeah, so I had my first fight in America in 2014.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's when you really know as a boxer that you're probably, you know, I'm making it. I'm really, you know, putting the foot on the ground. Well, top.
1: like, yeah, I, like I I knew that um, you know, when, I, when I won the world title and then I defended it three times against the guys that I defended it against, I, like, goes back to what I was saying before, like, I, yeah. I knew that, I knew that the guys that I was fighting were like, you know, world class fighters. And the, the the last defense I had here in Australia was against a South African named Malcolm Classen, who was a former two two time IBF champion. So he was as good as they get, and I beat him. And so I thought I could. You know, I was ready to mix it with the you know, with the, with the best, whether they were here in Australia or 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 America. Okay. But yeah. I, I knew that I wanted to go to America and you know, I went over there. I got signed by Oscar De La Hoya, yeah. Gold got Promotions, on, yeah. and um, you know I was in amongst
0: it. Who were some of your, I guess, I don't know, influencers in the ring? Like um, who really probably helped shape the, I don't know, not the way you fought, but probably the way you went about to or saw that you wanted to, kind of like fight or emulate. Was there any fighters that you kind of recognised? as think shit is.
1: Um, He's like my my favorite my favorite three fighters that I used to love watching were, um, Jeff Vanek, no, Kosugi and Roberto Duran.
0: Oh, Roberto's a beast! <laughs> yeah, the, the,
1: them three were yeah, three three of the guys that I really used to like enjoy watching fighting and yeah.
0: Yeah, who was um? Where do you see now that you've um, where do you see Australian boxing at the moment from your perspective? Where, where do I see it? Yeah, yeah, from your perspective.
1: Yeah, there's some, there's some good, really, really good guys out there. Um, in terms of the guys that I'm working with at the moment, Jason Waitley is yeah. uh, a very exciting guy to be involved with. He, um, I feel like he's got a huge future ahead of him. Um, and with the right fights and you know, the right exposure, I think he's got the ability to become a... Genuine household name here in Australia.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But as I said, you know, we've got to get, wait for everything to go back yeah. to normality before we can um you know, get him back in action. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I, I really like Tim Zhu. I think he's got a lot um a lot ahead a lot ahead of him. Um, obviously, Jeff Horn is going to be a tough task to get through. Um. But I think he can maybe do it. Um, yeah. Especially after this long layoff that everyone's going to be forced to have. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Jeff's a bit older and, uh, you yeah. know, I don't know what it's like being <laughs> old, but I like you know, kind of just lose that edge. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. Jeff, uh, Jeff, on Tim Zeus, how, how they come along. Uh, I really like Liam Wilson. He looks yeah. great at the moment. Um, who else is there? Um,
0: George can
1: yeah. Yeah. is um he's got eventually when his fight comes off with Lee Selby, I think uh that could be a real breakthrough fight for him. I think it's an eliminator, so we should see him fight for world title soon. Mm. Um Joy is a great prospect. We say yeah. he's not a prospect, he's a genuine contender. Um he should <laughs> um he should, you yeah, know. Start emerging in like some bigger fights very soon. Maybe even against Tyson Fury.
0: Yeah. I saw that. About that yeah. Saw that. It might be fought in New, Ze- uh, New Zealand. In Eden Park.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought it was Australia. Oh,
0: oh, was that Brisbane? Um, that was in Brisbane. Suncorp. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah sorry, I got it mixed up with Parker. Um. Yeah. So, no, I'm not Joseph Parker. Yeah. No. Uh, I heard another rumor. or Something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just see. I just. I'm just going off what I've seen in the paper yeah. about uh, Dean been trying to get um, Tyson Fury and Joe Paya here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch? Here.
0: Yeah, did you watch Wilder Fury both of them?
1: Yeah, I, I was actually there. I was oh, there shit. in America for the first one. Yeah. Um, which was unbelievable at Staples Center. Um being in their life that was, yeah, was pretty pretty epic. Um and I watched the second one um here in Melbourne. And yeah, I was very, very happy that uh Fury knocked him out the second one because he, he won the first one. Yeah. Um he got ripped off. Um and I was there. <laughs> so I was I was pretty gutted when I when I left Staples Centre, but um yeah, I was yeah. glad to see Big Fella get the win.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask you how did you score that first one, but
1: yeah. you definitely won.
0: Yeah, yeah. And speaking of um, boxing and <coughs> scoring and judging, um, it's quite a difficult job, and I think it's been history. I don't know some decisions go either way. Um, how do you, you know, we see with so much money on the line and stuff like that. How do you see judging? Do you think it? Probably should we have a different format, or it just really comes down to in fights like that that are so big that you got to really display something. Um. Yeah, I think like in terms of judging,
1: the I'm not, I'm i been trained to be a judge, so yeah. I don't know the um the processes of how they you know explain to the judges that they have to score a fight. Um, yeah. But I feel like. It would make sense that, to me, it would make sense that if um if the referees or the um the san- the, uh, the sanctioning bodies or the um the um the combat sports boards that are um sanctioning these the promotions, they sit down with the judges and they say, okay, this is what we this is what these are the cri- this is the criteria that I want you to score the fight on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, whether ah. it's you know, effective aggression, whether it's, you know, clean punches landed, blah, blah, blah. Um, Use on this fight, uh, on this show promotion, I want you to follow these guidelines.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: a um, Because, like, judges, you know, fights are scored based off the individual's, individual judge's discretion. Mm. But you might have a judge that's, you know, favouring you know, cleaner punches landed and the other judge is favouring aggression. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like looking for different things. I feel like if all three judges were all looking to the same thing and the same objective, then it would give you more clearer, consistent scoring. As yeah. opposed to, you know, one judge, you know, scoring a unanimous decision for one and the other scoring a unanimous decision for the other. Because yeah. one was you know, looking for a f- clean punches landed and the other one was looking for more aggression and output.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it's hard to believe that they just leave it even up to just three people to decide. Like, And like even if they had past fighters or boxers, that would probably help as well because they have that perspective of what it's like to be in the ring.
1: Yeah, like you can... Yeah. yeah. Like, obviously, the... um. The judges they may may or may not be fighters, but they definitely have to have an understanding understanding of the sport and be able to recognise like discomfort on a on a fighter's face and yeah you know, body language that you know would indicate that they're uncomfortable or hurt yeah um,
0: yeah. yeah that's a tricky one um, and then. We're talking about before towards how you were talking about how what it's like to get older and the moment of calling it a day. How was that? Was that pretty hard when you decided to retire? Did you kind of thought, oh well, this is it for me. I've done what I wanted to accomplish, or did it just come in a moment?
1: No, it wasn't a hard one for me. I oh, really? I, um, I got knocked out my last fight um, very like easily. Um, Probably as a result from like the struggles of making weight, yeah, just, yeah weakened, dehydrated myself, and essentially weakened myself in the process of making weight, um, which basically just highlighted that I could was, you know, I was no longer able to fight at that that weight division, which was lightweight. Um, and I was probably too small for the um, I was probably too small to fight at sixty three and a half kilos, which was the next weight up. At an elite level, I could still have, would afford it, a national level or a you know a shitty international level, but I never would have been like world class at junior welterweight. Yeah. So I thought, well, if I can't be a world class fighter anymore, there's no point. It's too brutal. The too brutal the game just to hang around it and just fight for the sake of fighting. Yeah. Um, I was uh, either going to be in it for. You know, to be able to fight in the big fights or or not. Go yeah. to something
0: else. And, so I did. Yeah, and luckily you had that insight, I guess, uh, unlike some boxers or combat sport athletes mightn't have where they think, Oh, stuff that I'll just keep fighting or they don't really recognise their health as a concern.
1: Yeah, well a big you know, reason why yeah, not only fighters but athletes get stuck in sport for too long is because it becomes their life and yeah. their only way of life and they forget about everything else. They don't really know what else they can do outside of the sport um, because they've been doing it for so long and haven't given other areas of their lives any attention and they're kind of too freaked out about the daunting prospects of trying to do something else so they just stay, stay doing what they're doing
0: yeah yeah they don't know anything different how did you decide to get into the promotion side of things with wild fighter they just how did that come along mate um
1: it was yeah like i well again it's it's what i know um, yeah i've been in boxing for a long time um yeah, I've got all my all the networks and the knowledge in that area so um yeah I wanted to try and build a golden boy here in Australia yeah um, and um, yeah, i yeah I mean I'm yeah so, so far so good it, it's it's going pretty well um there's still still a long way away still a long way to go
0: yeah but, um
1: yeah I feel like if I can pull off I want to pull off and Build that whole, you know, try and recreate that Golden Boy business model here in Australia. I'll be pretty happy.
0: Yeah, and then what was the hardest bit? I guess in retirement now. Well, was it quite an easy transition for you?
1: Um, and initially it was a an easy easy transition because um, I went straight into business and got very busy in the gyms. Mm. Um, and then after I sold the gyms, I was like. What now? You know, like I, I kind of had had a couple of moments of thinking, you maybe I could go back to fighting. Yeah. Um, and but I, I just know deep, deep down that it's not a viable, sustainable um, you know, step. Uh, yeah, if I did have a, another fight, it would only be like just a one-off thing, maybe two. Yeah. Just just, just cause. Um, so you do think about it, and you do, and you do think like, oh, I wish I could go back to you know, being the champ again, but yeah. it's just not, it's just not realistic. So you soon move on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask, do you ever get the itch sometimes? But I see that you still keep pretty fit and train a fair bit still, as well.
1: Yeah, I still, still, still train. Um, not as hard as I used to, and. Uh, often as I used to, but, um, yeah, I've got a good little setup in my, in my garage that I just built over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, um, yeah, I still like, I still like to be able to throw them and don't want to, don't want to, um, lose that ability.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a a skill you have for life. Um, but you know, what were some of your, I guess, favorite moments and, fights throughout your career, mate, other than the, I don't know, I'm sure you would have had a lot of relationships and trainers that you've formed good connections with going through your career when you look back at it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, it was, like, I enjoyed the whole process of my career, Um, you know, the first portion of it, living living in Sydney where, like, I just lived and breathed boxing and, was looked after very very well by my by manager Fidel, um, all the way up to the point where I was well, well told than I had. The two year reign of being the world champion um, yeah. here in Australia, I was living in Melbourne, training out in Sydney, doing lots of media stuff. Um, yeah, really enjoying that whole process, and then getting signed with uh, Golden Boy over in America yeah. and moving moving to LA and living over there for. Three years, just under three years, you know, getting to again, sign so with Golden Boy, fighting Vegas, you know, living in LA, um, yeah, you know, fought, fought in Texas, fought in Mexico, yeah. fought in San Diego, um, yeah, you know, got to fight on HBO, um, Fox Sports USA, um, doing all, all that, those types of the cool things was, yeah, pretty yeah. enjoyable.
0: Yeah, so what's next, I guess? I know you. <laughs> Can't do much at the moment, but what's next? I guess for Willie Tomlinson, mate.
1: Just, just keep, um, keep building Wildfighter. You know, keep putting on my shows, trying to make them bigger and better. Um, a big piece of the puzzle for me is getting a, a TV deal. Um, yeah. With a network, uh, but, um, whatever that network is, I need a, I need a TV deal ASAP. Um, in order to keep Wildfighter progressing. Um, and get the gym in Geelong off the ground, um, hopefully in the next couple of months, um, build that into a good little business and look at expanding those gyms across you know, Victoria, Australia. Um, yeah, so if, if I can, you know, in a couple of years' time from now, if I've, if I'm, you know, I've built Wildfighter into a platform where I've got TV, regular TV, TV dates, good stable fighters putting on regular shows across Australia, um Victoria, maybe Australia. Um, and a, a few gyms up and running, I'll be I'll
0: be pretty happy. Yeah, sick, mate. No, that's unreal. Um I hope you keep up the good work, Willie. I'll let you go. Thanks for the quick chat and for jumping on the show and I appreciate your patience at the start as well, mate. That's a good. <laughs> <clears> Thanks mate. Mate, have a ripper day. How about that for an episode, guys? I hope you all really enjoyed that one. Quick shout-out to my man, Michael Peters, the man behind the camera. And also, big, big love to 3RPC for allowing us to utilise the studio space. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. So, big thank you. Please make sure you all follow at A Chat With Pat on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast via Spotify and iTunes. And please don't be afraid to leave a review. We are open to all feedback to make this as good as possible for all our listeners. Stay safe and all my love, guys.
1: You.